This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 24. The Tahoe Lake Monster. A few summers ago, my now wife Lexi, fiancé at the time, and I took a trip out to Lake Tahoe. Neither of us had ever been there before, but loved hiking in the mountains and also loved any excuse we had to get our kayaks out on the water. We spent a year planning the trip and prepping. With how popular the Lake Tahoe area is, we had to book our spot six months in advance. We drove from our lonely Midwest town out to California, spending over 30 hours in total driving. It was a very long drive, but well worth it. We stopped a few times along the way and took turns driving when one of us started to get tired. We arrived at D.L. Bliss State Park just after 12 in the afternoon. We spent some time just driving around and familiarizing ourselves with the area and taking in the sights. Till we eventually reached the Beach Camp Loop, we were Site 157. We parked and got out of our SUV and were immediately hit with the sweet scent of Jeffrey pine trees, with notes of vanilla and pineapple. They were everywhere, blended with white fur that created a cool area with a lot of shade, the perfect camp spot. Upon looking out from our campsite, you could see the lake through the trees, very close to where we were. We took some time to unhitch our travel trailer and set up camp, My wife had packed us a small lunch, and we decided to head down to the beach and have a picnic. Luckily, it was the end of summer, and not as many people were coming up to the lake at this time of year. We hiked down the narrow trail through the pine trees, till we reached the rocky perimeter surrounding the beach. The beach was beautiful, with white, fluffy sand that created a pillow for your feet and slipped through your toes. The water was crystal clear. When the sun bled down on the surface of the water, it glittered and twinkled, with beads of light echoing off of it. We put down our blanket and picnic basket, and both sat with our feet nestled in the sand. We quickly ate our lunch, both of us anticipating getting in the water. After lunch, we left our things where they were and walked up to the shore. The water was cold, but felt great under the hot, late August sun. We stood there as the water came in and fell, covering our feet and ankles. It was almost surreal. Everywhere you looked was picturesque. It was like looking at something you would only see in a travel magazine. 
Across the lake, you could see the snow-covered white caps of the Sierra Nevada mountains. Trees and small sandy beaches covered each side of the lake. It was breathtaking. We didn't stay long, because we needed to clean up our food. Signs were posted everywhere to keep food picked up. Black bears were known to frequent the area. We quickly cleaned up and made the short hike back to camp. We were both pretty exhausted from our drive and were running on fumes, so we decided to take a short nap. We pulled out the bed in our travel trailer, closed the blinds, and slept for a few hours. I was awoken by a knock on our travel trailer door. I was greeted by a neighboring camper. They were having a small party and wanted to invite us. What the hell? Why not? I said to the man. I'll get the wife and we will head on over. I closed the door and went to wake up Lex, whom was still unfazed by the knocking. She was still a bit groggy and out of it, but agreed to go. We got ready and walked to site 160. It was a short walk from ours. We were met by a crowd of about 20 people, all camping at neighboring sites. To our surprise, everyone was very welcoming, and that awkward feeling of meeting new people was not present. We easily settled in, making our rounds, talking and having some drinks. A man by the name of Dan was manning the grill, cooking steaks, burgers, brats, and pretty much anything you could want. There was an abundance of food. We all ate off and on while playing an assortment of outdoor games and mingling about. A while later, the sun started to set and the cold night air quickly came in. We sat around a large campfire telling stories. One of the other campers had a particular story that neither the wife nor I had ever heard. It was the story of the Lake Tahoe Monster, better known as Tessie. It was said that in the lake lies a monster, similar to that of Loch Ness. Sightings and tales dated back as far as old native tribes many years ago. They said that from time to time, the Lake Tahoe monster would rise to the surface and would be seen on occasion. Surprisingly, we were the only ones to not know anything about this particular story. Everyone else chimed in with random reports of sightings and attempted to make the story more scary, saying that there were underwater graveyards at the bottom of the lake. I didn't buy any of the story. It sounded like something made up to scare children from going out into the lake alone. It was humorous, nonetheless. We continued drinking and telling scary stories around the campfire well into the late hours of the night. When the party started to die down, we decided to head back to camp and get some sleep for the night. The next morning, we awoke around 9am. We had a small breakfast that we prepared on the fire and ate at our dining table in our travel trailer. After breakfast, we got dressed in our hiking gear and set out to hike the lighthouse trail. We drove back to the main entrance to get to the trailhead. Despite the trail only being a little under two and a half miles, we decided to make a day of it. We slowly made our ascent up the trail, taking in the sights and breathing the fresh forest air. Roughly halfway through our hike, we came to the Rubicon Point Lighthouse. From the lighthouse, you could see the entire lake in the distance. We took some time to get some pictures and rest before making a quick detour down to Callaway Cove for a quick swim. We ended up spending more time there than we had planned, 
so we had to finish our hike quickly, as it was already later in the afternoon. We reached the trail end and walked back to our SUV, parked near the trailhead and headed back to camp. It was nearly 4pm when we got back, and neither of us had eaten since breakfast. It was still too early to make dinner, so we decided to take our kayaks out and go fishing on the lake. We carried the kayaks down the narrow trail to the beach from our camp and tossed them in the water. We spent the next three hours kayaking and fishing and enjoying our time on the lake before heading back to have dinner. Luckily, we had caught a few large lake trout and cooked them over an open fire. After dinner, we decided to head back to the lake to watch the sunset. It was around 7.45 and the sun was quickly setting over the water and behind the mountains. I felt Lexi tug on my shirt and whisper, Do you see that? She pointed off in the distance to what looked like a large hill in the middle of the lake. At first, I guessed it was just the way the setting sun was reflecting off the water. All of a sudden, it dipped and was gone. We stood there, confused and trying to make sense of what we had seen. There it was again. This time it had moved, and there were two small hills, or humps, sticking out of the water. It was getting darker by this time, and visibility was becoming less and less, but I swear, it looked like a long neck came out of the water and smashed back down. You could even hear the splash as it hit the water. After that, it disappeared. We quickly made our way back to camp, still confused. I bet it was the Lake Tahoe monster, Lexi said, slightly out of breath. I didn't want to believe it, but there wasn't really any other explanation for what we had seen. I agreed with her and suggested we retire to the confines of our travel trailer for the night. In the distance, we could hear the group we had met the night before, but chose not to join them. Instead, we turned on our small 32-inch TV and watched till we fell asleep. We awoke around 7.30 the next morning. Lex was still frightened by what we had seen in the water. I comforted her and assured her everything was okay. She was ready to leave and head home. However, we had rented out our campsite for the week. There was no way we were ending our trip early. I went out to gather some more firewood for our campfire while Lexi prepared breakfast. When I returned, we ate and made casual conversation avoiding the topic of concern. Wayne from a neighboring camp came walking up, asking us if we wanted to go out fishing with them that afternoon. Lexi was hesitant, but we both agreed, not telling him what we had seen. After he left, I decided to make Lex a couple of mimosas to loosen her up for the afternoon. It worked. After that, she was carefree and was excited to go back out on the lake with our new friends. We spent a good portion of the day on the lake, stopping every now and then to swim at some of the coves and beaches. There was no sign of the Lake Tahoe monster. I started to question if what we had seen was a trick of our minds, or just a trick of the light. Either way, I was happy my wife was happy, and having a good time. In the early evening, we made our way back to camp to have dinner. We invited everyone from a few nights before to come to our camp so we could host. Luckily, we had all caught a fair amount of lake trout that afternoon, and there was plenty to go around. Some of the neighboring campers brought sides and drinks, and we all ate and had a good time. Wayne and his wife stayed the longest. After everyone else had left, we told them about what we had seen out on the lake while watching the sunset. 
bullshit, Wayne said while laughing. We continued to tell him that we didn't believe it at first either, but it was really there. He decided he wanted to try and see it the next day. His wife was just as scared as Lexi was, but agreed to go out at sunset the next day to see if we could see anything. The next day we met Wayne and his wife Sarah before making the trip down to the lake. Wayne was excited. He almost seemed too excited as he giggled and ran down to the beach. You guys ready to do this? He asked as we threw our kayaks in the water. It was still early in the afternoon, but we had decided to go kayaking for the day. We all proceeded to take turns getting into our kayaks and sit out across the lake. That day was a bit cooler and more gloomy than the previous days. The sweet smell of rain was in the air and the overcast clouded skies made for a relaxing day on the water. We stopped at a beach a few miles from ours and set up lunch at a picnic table under a large pine that shaded a small part of the beach. We ate lunch and had a few drinks while making casual conversation. Around the corner from where we sat came a loud crash, like something hitting the water at high force. We all quickly turned our heads but saw nothing other than rapidly expanding ripples on the surface of the water. Wayne was the first to run over to the shoreline. We all joined him and looked everywhere, but there were no more signs of anything or anyone around the water. After being unsuccessful in determining the cause of the sound, or what created the ripples, we all got back in our kayaks and hit the water. We spent a few more hours kayaking around and looking for any trace of Tessie we could find. However, disappointingly, we didn't find anything. We decided to head back to shore just before sunset. As we made our way closer to the shore, the water became more clear and we could see everything under our kayaks. All of a sudden, a dark mass appeared directly below us. It caught everyone off guard as it passed below and seemed to circle our kayaks. We paddled faster, trying to get back as quickly as we could. However, the dark mass below us disappeared and then resurfaced behind us. We turned back to see a large, dark turquoise, scaly hump rising above the surface. It seemed to bob in and out of the water, followed by several more humps that formed a line. And it moved in a straight line instead of side to side. It started moving faster and was now between each row of our kayaks. Judging from the size of the creature, it appeared to be nearly 20 feet in length. Its tail rose out of the water and smacked down on the surface, causing our kayaks to sway back and forth with the waves it created almost knocking us out of them. After trying to outrun the creature, we made it close to the shore, and the creature seemed to fall back. We quickly got out of the water and pulled our kayaks to shore and stood there staring out into the lake. The sun had started to set at this point. We briefly saw what appeared to be the creature's head and neck ascend out of the water and look around before resubmerging and crashing back down, and then it was out of sight. Holy shit, Wayne yelled in excitement. That is literally the most amazing thing I've ever seen. We were all pretty excited by the encounter, and also slightly shaken up. We were extremely exhausted from having to paddle so fast, and ready to get back to camp to relax and comprehend what we had endured. 
That night we sat with Wayne and Sarah and the other campers while telling the tale. The other campers were intrigued and wanted to see it for themselves while not fully believing our story. We spent the next few days going back out in the water and trying to find the creature again. However, despite our efforts, we were unsuccessful and never saw it again. I will never forget that summer and often think about it from time to time. Lexi and I just celebrated our third anniversary of our wedding and have plans to go back one day. We've not told anyone else about it till now. However, I doubt we will ever have another experience like that ever again. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. Our first lake monster. Our first lake, uh, water, anything. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. I mean, this is technically... It's technically a lake monster, right? Tessie, named after yep, named after Nessie. Often, ref- often referred to as the cousin of Nessie, right? Solid story. I really enjoyed it. Um, t- these are weird for me. They they are a little weird. They're outside of what we would normally discuss. It's not like. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a cryptid. It's not. It doesn't fall within UFOs. It doesn't fall within hauntings, like possessions, like all these like random categories that we've told stories on so far. It doesn't fall with any of those within any of those categories. I mean, if it's an undocumented species, then it's a cryptid, right? I guess, kind of. Yeah. If it's some big ass fish or serpent or. You know, I mean, it's described as being being uh, a water serpent. Yeah, right. Then that would that would place it pretty firmly in the world of cryptozoology. Right, but then you also get into USOs. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and For I sure. know I told you we ended up talking about it, but yeah. yeah. So it also depending, you know. I think how lake- you look at it. I think lake monsters are weird for me because they're I don't find them to be scary. Yeah, I mean, well, they're they're really not. And also, just to give give a little bit of information to anyone that doesn't know what a USO is, it's an unidentified swimming object, object, submersed object, um, or submersed <laughs> object. Yeah, 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 either or. No, it's referred to as both. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, they're not very scary. Like, it's it's not something, and that's what it, that's what like Loch Ness, yeah. like the Loch Ness monster, the Lake Tahoe monster is like. I mean, there's literally gift shops around Lake Tahoe yeah. that sell like plush Tessie Tessie dolls. Like, yep. you know, I mean, how how like monstrous can you get at that point? I know right? when you Google um, when you Im- like Google image search Tessie, half of it are these like doofy ass plastic. Yeah, Tessie, I mean. Like- you go, you go to like some of their, uh, some of their little like annual events and uh, like little festivals and stuff around Lake Tahoe yeah. yearly, and there's somebody dressed in a Tessie costume yearly. Yeah, like that's how much like they play into this shit. It's it, which is actually awesome. So we've gotten into talking about a lot of those like different festivals and stuff. Like you know, like just like Kentucky Goblins has their yearly 
you know, Goblin Festival and, and I believe that's little, the Little Green Men Festival. Little but, Green yeah. Men Festival, right? Yeah, there. And then we those, also those things are awesome, like Mothman yeah, festivals exactly. and. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, and then the giant fucking statue of Mothman, like, yep. like people really buy buy in and play into this so much that it, this is what this area is known for. And just like we talked about in every episode, every area is known for something. Has their little call to fame, basically. Yeah, right. Claim to fame, if you will. Sure. But I don't. I don't know. They're they're weird for me because I. I do like my cryptids a little scary and I have trouble like I agree. I, yeah. I, I prefer I prefer that too, just because I, I love horror. Sure. You know, but I also love really fucking weird. Like really weird is always awesome and a lot of fun. Even if it's yeah. like something so, you know, as you know, cuddly as <laughs> this lake monster. But yeah. I don't know that it's cuddly. Like there's a, there's a lot of supporting things that maybe could suggest otherwise. I think there was I don't know, there's this conception of Tessie in particular, even among other lake monsters, that it's like a friendly being, right? That's the most common portrayal, right? Is that it is friendly. It's like you're out boating and it comes up beside and is like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know, things like that. But at the same time, there's also been reports that, like, it's, like, literally chasing them, you know? And so, yeah, I think it goes both ways, really. I would imagine. But also, I would I would imagine Friendly Tessie was probably, like, a marketing decision. I mean, well, with Lake Tahoe, first of all. There's multiple national forests that literally line this area, yeah. right? And it's it's been a thing that like people say, don't go under the water, don't go swimming because you know there's there's shit under there that like I mean there's like leeches, there's yeah yeah you know like whatever else. At one point they thought that there was a bull shark in it that had washed up from uh, washed into the lake, uh, but they've since proven that to be not correct. Okay. Um, but there's, I mean, some big ass fish in Lake Tahoe alone. I mean, first of all, Lake Tahoe is the second largest lake, deepest, sorry, second large, deepest lake in the U.S. Yeah. Outside of, uh, just behind Crater Lake. Yeah. And, uh, what is it? It's, uh, 1,644 feet deep and Crater Lake, uh, in Oregon like is 2000, right? 1,949. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've done some reading Without, about Crater Lake's monster. Crater Lake also has one. Correct. Yeah, that, that one's pretty scary, actually. Um, there's also the largest, the deepest lake in the world is actually in Siberia. They also have their own monster as well. They fucking better. If you're the if you're the deepest lake on Earth, you you damn well better have a monster. That lake is like five thousand four hundred feet four hundred feet deep. That's over one mile deep. That's insane. Yes, but Man. no, it, even in Lake Tahoe. Well done, Siberia. Like, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so Lake Lake Tahoe is an alpine lake. Yeah. So, which is, you know, which is considered as such because when the when the snow drains or melts from the mountain caps and things like that, it runs in and it continues right. to run into the lake. So it's always constantly refreshing the lake. The only outlet to, to the lake is like a, a, it's a, it's a river that basically has a dam, you know, and so it's yeah. the only thing, and 
on each side of the lake, there's basically like a filter that is created. It's it's naturally created, which makes this lake the most crystal clear lake literally in the US. Right. It's the hardened it's the the hardened lava flow that's the filter. And right. right. That's what that's what originally dammed up a lot of these like Northern California lakes. Yeah, I mean right. a lot of them like are the, right. All, all the you yeah. know are are all created due to some volcanic activity and things like that. That's what makes them so gorgeous. Yeah, because they're basically have they basically have built in charcoal filters. I mean, you you ride out in the lake, and I mean, it's not until you get until the deepest points that you can't see the bottom. Sure, like it's I and I've watched so many videos just prepping for this of just people like snorkeling and scuba diving and how clear, like literally crystal clear, the water is. It's insane. And I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've went like snorkeling and like, you know, like 30, 30, 40, 50 feet of like the ocean. And that's like just as clear. But like, imagine that way deeper, first of all. Yeah. And so, but like, not even that, like once you get out into the middle of Lake Tahoe, like you hit a point where you can look out and you can see where the water just becomes dark. It's like a dark, like navy blue. And that's when it or reaches it its deep. deepest point. Yeah. And again, almost 1,700 feet deep. Really fucking deep. Like, you can't even... You can't, yeah. you can't dive that deep. You know, because yeah. of the pressure and everything. I mean, they've had... Um, one, of the, one of the main people that have ever actually even tried was uh, Jacques Cousteau. Yes. And he... I've actually heard the Jacques, the Jacques Cousteau story about Lake Tahoe. Yeah. So, yeah. So, sure. he basically, he took a small submarine down into the deepest part of Lake Tahoe. And when he came back, he refused to release any photos, any other information other than it was not something the public was ready to see. And that's yeah. all he said. That He took that literally with him to the grave. Never right. released the any information. Yeah, the world's not ready for what's down there. Right, and he was a world-renowned diver. Like, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's yeah, this He's an oceanographer. Exactly. Like this dude, he he knew a shit. He like he knew what he needed to do, and he yeah, basically said the world's not ready to see this. Yeah. So, I mean, take that as you will. Right, man. See, I feel like a lot of people hear that and they think like, oh, he saw a monster. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, so there's more. I, yeah. There's more. There's a and lot of shit looking to get into this. Oh, um, yeah. I'm angling. All right. So in the 1920s to 1950s and then the 60s to 70s, there was a lot of popular mob activity out in the Lake Tahoe area. Yeah. So it said, that they would basically dump bodies, you know, attach like a fucking a fucking like brick or like a cinder block to their feet and just drop them in the river or the lake, either alive or dead. There's been reports where they drop them in alive as well. And it's said that roughly 200 plus bodies exist at the base, um, the base level of the lake at the bottom of the lake still preserved. Because first of all, the yeah. lake is thirty, like roughly thirty to thirty-nine degrees 
Fahrenheit yep. at the bottom of the lake. So it's preserving these bodies 100% fully intact. Clothing yeah, and it's all. Still, it's basically still filtered glacial runoff. Yeah, exactly. At the bottom of the lake. So, yeah. I mean. Which would preserve corpses. Yep. And, and like I said, even their clothing. And that was like, that yeah. was a thing I kind of dived into as well as like. Are they down there in like pinstriped suits and fucking, like, <laughs> you know? Like, but awesome. regardless, yeah. Which I think is insane, though. Like, imagine that. Like in these bodies, there was one. There was one report that a body washed up um, off the river that connects to. It's the only river that connects to this lake that is separated by a dam. Um, but the yeah. only river that's connected, a body washed up, and it was a body that they said had been preserved for the last 15 to 20 years. 100% preserved and intact. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, like crazy. It, it just It's really hard to like believe that that's, that's a possibility, but yeah. And this lake, I mean, with it being an alpine lake, and that's, that's what we have to take into consideration, is that it is an alpine lake. So this water is running off of these mountains. I mean, this water is cold as fuck. And that's the thing yeah. that like is like, should I go swimming in Lake Tahoe? It's like, yeah, if you like cold water. <laughs> yeah. But it is a really, really well-known spot to go swimming. See, I think that's what makes Tessie even less scary to me than other lake monsters. Because at least Nessie has that like dark, you know, um, like highlands. I mean, yeah, it's in the middle of a lock in Scotland, and Scotland is always very, you know... The setting is, like, gloomy and foggy. Described as the day that that they actually saw Tessie in this one is every day in Scotland. Right. Yeah, exactly. See, I... And I think... uh, I hear Lake Tahoe, and I think, like... Like lawyers jet skiing. I mean, you know how many celebrities have houses out in out at Lake yes. Tahoe. That is my literally dream is to live on a giant lake in between mountains. Oh yeah, I I love it. I I absolutely and we've we've had a lot of conversations kind of similar talking about like those settings. Like I either want to live in like a major city or a small mountain town that has these like big ass lakes and mountains everywhere. Like that is, I, that's one of my favorite things. And Tahoe, like Lake Tahoe is literally that to a hundred percent. Like you have snowy snow capped mountains off in the distance, massive mountain range, Seattle, like the Sierra Nevada mountain range is massive. Yeah. And there's what, four different points to it as well. And then you also have all these areas within Lake... I mean, Lake Tahoe is is huge, too. Yeah, it's enormous. The lake itself is, like, almost 30 miles wide. Almost 15 miles in length to get from one side to the other. That's terrifying. It's insane, yeah. Literally insane. And it just... It's so fucking pretty. Like, I just... Looking at pictures, I... Uh, man, I don't... I Yeah, that's all I gotta say. See, the water... The water itself scares me more than the monster. <laughs> I mean, it should, it really though. Does. It really should, yeah. Like, water yeah. that deep is literally, like, that's ocean depth. Yeah, it's horrifying. It's obviously not, like, the abyssal zone of the ocean. I mean, we're looking at further down, but, like, that's close. This is, like, literally the abyssal zone of this lake that isn't nuts. I mean, yeah. most other lakes are, like, 300 feet at the deepest points. 500 and some larger lakes... But to be 
almost 2,000 feet deep. Yeah. And granted, I know we mentioned the Siberian Lake. Like, that's that's separate. That's sure. out of the U.S. Two large, deepest lakes in, in the U.S., Crater Lake and Lake Tahoe. Yep. You know, so, yeah, just, I mean, how deep that lake is is, is insane. I think the the coolest the coolest thing about the mob connection for me is like Frank Sinatra had a house there. Yep, he did on Lake Tahoe. Marilyn Monroe had and a house all there. All the mobsters and all the mobsters used to go and hang out there with with old Frank Sinatra and JFK and Marilyn Monroe yes, and exactly um, Joe DiMaggio and all those like celebrities of the day used to go there to Sinatra's house to hang out with mobsters. Yeah. Which is and actually like, really fucking cool. Fucking <laughs> yeah, that's really the coolest is. house ever. Yeah. Like, that is insane. I mean, first of all, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, exactly. But, like, yeah, I mean, that goes without saying. But, yes, like, I mean, you know, and all these people had houses somewhere, like, out in these, like, areas, which are now, like, they have, like, these crazy resorts that are now, like, filling those spaces that these houses were and stuff. And... Yeah. Sinatra's house actually had like um several separate chateaus, like little like beach places. Okay. And there was rumors there were rumors that um that there were actually like underground paths that you could go from the main house to the to each of the little beach houses. Oh really? Okay. I mean, yeah. that yeah I, and like, I didn't know that that's that's really fucking cool yeah um, in order to avoid like press and stuff yeah. <laughs> I mean it makes so these, sense so these yeah so like tell me that isn't a great spot for a mobster who wants to ditch a body well yeah and that's why that's why also this is so well known for having literally being an underwater graveyard yeah for the mob back in I mean the 20, 20s to 50s were the biggest high point but the 60s and 70s were a real big, another high point of mob activity. Um, yeah. You know, so, yeah. Uh, why not? Like, <laughs> literally in this area that nobody can get to, like, you literally yeah. can't dive that deep. You know? Also, aren't there, aren't there also rumors that there's some, like, um, underground connection between Lake Tahoe and another That's nearby That's what lake? I was actually going to get into next. As there are, okay. it is said, and it's not been proven. Nobody, nobody has actually proved, proven it yet. There are supposedly underwater underwater caves that connect to nearby lakes. But really, the only supporting thing to that, like, it, which it, it, there's nothing else that supports it other than supposedly, right? That these lakes connect. But the only thing that it really connects to is this river that has the dam that it falls off of the lake. Just to help with you know the water control and everything, yeah. So I I don't know if I really buy into that because um, again, there's nothing else. There's no like other major lakes that are nearby. The other major lake, uh, you know, close to this is the Crater Lake, which is up in Oregon. So you know, I mean, you have I this mean, isn't one there... literally on California and Nevada line, right? Yeah, I think the one that I that I saw was Pyramid Lake. Is like pyramid right nearby. That is, yeah, that is a. It's a smaller lake, though. Yeah, yeah, it's much smaller. Right. I think what I what I saw though was that like people there were a couple times when someone drowned 
there was an accident and, and then they, they drowned in Lake there. Tahoe and they yeah. popped up in Pyramid Lake. Yeah, that's 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 another thing that's been said to possibly happen, but it's not been one hundred percent like pretty weird. Right. It's not it's not been like one hundred percent a thing that people have been like, Yeah, this actually happened. Yeah. I mean, right. really if you actually look at it, like there's been pe- there's been tales and stories of people literally fishing in Lake Tahoe and fishing up a fucking arm or a hand and a leg and shit. Yeah. You know, yep. so like that's all that's all basically hearsay at that point. Yeah. So I mean it's definitely possible though. Like I would like to think that there's probably under underwater caverns and stuff like that that connect. Like why wouldn't there be? You know? I mean like we mentioned before these are all formed from you know, I mean their modern form is the result of volcanic right. They're activity, naturally, right? They're naturally naturally so, formed lakes, but due to yeah, right. But like I could see there being like volcanic like the like venting tubes. Yeah. You know, that like the yeah. Like air gaps and things know. like that that create yeah, yeah, yeah. create these uh, almost tunnels and caves and things like that. So sure. yeah, I, I I think it's definitely possible. Like I said, I don't know that I one hundred buy one hundred percent buy into just because there's not a there's not like a lot of supporting facts to it. It's more so yeah. like this is possible sort of thing. Um, but like you said, there's also been reports of like people supposedly drowning in one lake and showing up in another. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's about all that's about all it is at that point. Which again can rush down from the river. It can literally like. You know, and this river also connects to other areas, too. Yeah. So who's to say it doesn't, you know, it's not coming out of that. Um, but yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot with with this lake that, it, first of all, it's some, somewhere I've never been that I really, really, really want to go. Nice. Um, I think that, yeah, like I mentioned, that takes away from the scariness of the it monster. It does. I know. How, like, I hate, I hate it does. I hate that it does. It it literally is. I mean, it looks like something you would see on like, literally, like I don't want to say a greeting card, but like think of like that intense. You know, like this is so picturesque that it's something you're gonna see. Like you know, that's the first thing you see. Like whether it be a travel magazine, whether it be you know, anything. yeah. I mean, it basically it's like the. You know how like they stage a house to sell it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's- it's like the staged house version of a lake. So I actually thought about I thought about this when uh, writing the story and like looking everything up. I thought about the area that we had talked about out in uh, Canada, right? Uh, for your uh, for your one story about Nahani Valley, yeah, Nahani Valley, basically being almost this untouched area, right? Sure, and that's almost how this feels. Like it feels like it should not be should not exist. Like how fucking beautiful this area is, but it's so commercialized. It is. It's extremely commercialized now, especially like versus where it used to be. I mean, there's like fucking resorts. There's a casino literally in the middle of this forest. Like, I mean, yeah. which kind of sucks. It does. It definitely does suck. But there's also very vast, like untouched wilderness areas of this area that, like, you know, don't have literally have don't match any of that like you know so yeah yeah it 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 is it is what it is for sure um 
you know, but those those prettier ones, like especially when you can look out between the trees, see the lake, you see the mountain range behind it. Okay, so we're almost a half hour in, and I'm going to ask you, what does this thing supposedly look like? All right. Well, we we kind of touched on that briefly. Like I said, it's more of like an uh, it's more of like a water serpent. So okay, think of big ass fins, right? It has big okay. ass fins. It's been it's been said to be anywhere in the range of fifteen to twenty feet long. A small head attached to like a very long neck, and then okay. the rest of its body is more so. You're just kind of neck. bulkier. Um, the rest of its body is like it's been described to be anywhere from the size of a barrel to like the size of a car. So okay. there's been a lot of different reports. Obviously, they're conflicting. You know, it, it's always going to be conflicting because nobody has so gotten I, much of a glimpse of it to literally like study it. Right. Right. So when I'm like, when I hear sea serpent, I think like evenly cylindrical. Is that wrong? Um, that is wrong. Like I think of like, like a giant snake, but it, it but it's not though. Like its body, it literally has a has like a torso. So think of its torso as the size of a barrel or larger. That's what it's okay. been often. Its neck is very thin, and its head is very small. Like its head has been described as like, I mean, I'm trying to think of the way I'm <laughs> putting my hands together, trying to trying to form it. <laughs> But, like, its head is literally, like, 6 to maybe like 12 inches long. Right. Think of, like, a football. There we go. That's that's a okay. good a good comparison. Um, and then okay. with the long tail. And, of course, has, has, like, feet, like, feet and arms. Like, four, you know, four legs, basically. And then long uh, fins. Okay, so it's more plesiosaur looking than I thought. Kind, kind of, you know, but... Kind kind of. I mean, yeah, that's what that's what plesiosaurs look like. Yeah, it's it is very close, but it's also I mean, think of yeah, think of like an underwater serpent that yes does mm-hmm. does kind of look like I mean, but serpents really don't look like snakes. Serpents to me kind of look like dragon esque. Sure. Okay. Like a plesiosaur. God damn it. <laughs> Right? I mean, I suppose, yes. So some actually believe that uh, Tessie, or the Tahoe monster, is nothing more than basically a Jurassic creature. Like the Plesiosaur, the Pleosaur, the Ichthyosaur, and the Mosasaur. Can I explain why that's really dumb? I mean, go for it, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Plesiosaurs died off like 66 million years ago with the dinosaurs. Right. That's okay. what they say. Even if they didn't, you're missing you're missing the creation of this lake by about 20 million years. Yeah. The lake is the lake, the lake did not exist like 7,000 years existed. old or something. That's it. It's <clears throat> Okay, so a lot of these northern lakes, like it would have been two to four million years. Yeah, two to four million years ago, it it got its modern shape, right? Like that's post final ice age or last ice age. Who knows? We might have another one. Um, Most likely, but 
where the fuck was Tessie for 20 million years between when they supposedly died off and exactly when this lake started existing? Exactly. So your your sounds like a plesiosaur doesn't hold up. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I know it's not a plesiosaur. I'm saying it looks like a plesiosaur. But it could definitely be in relation. I'm not going to dismiss that. I'm think of this. I'm still a firm believer that there are untouched areas in this world that these things still exist. So, right, but the dinosaurs were exterminated by a massive impact. Yeah. But those untouched areas weren't. <laughs> right. Maybe. I mean, honestly, I could see like a small island being like I mean, I don't fucking know. I'm I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't like in a Jurassic Park Maybe like Isla Nublar. Or- <laughs> Isla Sorna, I think, was Island B. <laughs> or Site B, wasn't it? Anyway, um, but like, I don't... I always kind of thought of like the, that massive impact that exterminated the dinosaurs. I always thought of like... I always pictured like the oceans boiling. Like that that level of catastrophe. But see, the oceans boiling, we, would, we wouldn't have all the shit in the oceans that we do now. Because again, there's no way, first of all, for the deepest areas of the oceans to boil. I mean, you're looking at sub below zero temperatures, negative some odd amount of temperatures and the deepest parts of the ocean. I also believe that there's areas in the ocean where there's underwater caverns with hidden islands. I think we're getting deep into bro science now because neither of us know what the fuck happened to the earth when the. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But still, no, I'm I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't say this is a stretch for it to be. Yeah, yeah. In somewhat relation to anything from, like, the Jurassic period. But, like, at the same time, how the fuck did it get there? I. That's my. That's my thing. Right. Yeah, I get that. Someone would have had to transport it at some point. From some what some deep ocean place where it was to where it was able to survive the catastrophe, yeah, that exterminated the dinosaurs and most plesiosaurs and all those, right? right? Of course, so someone would have had to transport it from that to Lake Tahoe somewhere around two million years ago. But what, what if nature, okay. So, and the cycle of things. Finds a way. (laughs) Nature always finds a way. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This is where I'm going, though. What if the cycle of things, uh, you know, creates this thing out here? You know, like, the fucking stars align and, like, the plates, like, perfectly align and all this other shit. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But, like... You know, they get to the point where this is just created. You know, whether it be from a cycle of reproduction or something. You know, I I can't say I, I I'm not I, I'm, in the, I'm not <laughs> in the market for making fucking monsters or anything. But still, like, what if that is a thing? Because it was at one point. Look, here's my thing: if this is a plesiosaur that survived. Then it then those those tunnels do not connect to other lakes, they connect to the hollow earth. That's possible. Which 
takes us to some some of these other theories or some of these other so let's let's go for sightings okay i like things that hollow earth takes you to so all let's right. hear it so one is um all right so we've already talked about jacques Cousteau. um but there was actually a uh, a group of scuba divers that happened among uh, happened to stumble upon this cave um why can't i think of the name of it right now it was like uh this uh, whatever it doesn't matter it was a cave there's a name for it and i i'm drawing a blank and i'm failing but needless to say these divers went to this cave and as soon as they get there this thing burst out of this cave creating all this like soot and like sediment it's like getting it up in the air and when everything finally clears they check this cave this like this cavernous area and they can see i mean it's massive it's a massive area and they can see even like dips where this this thing's fins have been sitting, like literally. I mean, sitting for hundreds, thousands, maybe years, like whatever, whatever, how long it's been. But and then there's there's also the theory that this cave goes deeper that they can't actually access. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, who's to say when we get into Hollow Earth theory, this cave doesn't descend into yes one of these areas into a place where plesiosaurs could have survived exactly i mean i i definitely i i i agree 100 percent in hollow earth like and and i know that we've kind of gotten roughly on this like tangent before but yeah, yeah. i think like it's something i definitely like to delve into oh i like, i agree i don't know i'm really nervous to get into it to like really get into <laughs> why it why would you be nervous though it's the literal fucking rabbit hole. Oh, it is. Oh, to a T. Yeah, for sure. That's I'm but, terrified that I'm going to like go down that rabbit hole and I might never come back. Hollow Earth is where everything has been untouched. Yeah. Our friend Darwin from Darwin's Deviations. Uh-huh. He's he's like fully aware that we're recording an episode right now. And I just looked down at my phone and a message from him popped up that just said men in black are fae. <laughs> that's awesome uh, <laughs> i don't know if i agree with that but good friends <laughs> yeah um, that's awesome anyway back to hollow or yeah of course of course yeah um i'm super nervous to get into hollow earth deep because i'm it's such a fucking cool idea that i'm i'm afraid that i'll just be charmed by it i mean i feel like i'm i'm already charmed by the idea of it you know yeah and that's where like even even my you know like believing that there's untouched areas and things like that out there okay. I, but when you get into hollow hollow earth they're 100 percent is yeah i mean that's the whole concept exactly right? that there's like an entire earth worth of earth that we don't access yeah exactly so like yeah that to me is i mean that's it's terrifying <laughs> anyway so this is this thing i would say is not a plesiosaur i mean i agree i i doubt it i mean like i said it could be in some relation or something that's been formed um but i mean there's there's literally like there's tales that go back as as far as as like the native tribes like i mentioned within the story so the Washoe and uh, Paiute Indians, um, for these people, uh, basically of the land, it was 
this this thing, Tessie, was a being of reverence and considered immensely powerful by the shaman. Okay. It was believed to be a living descendant of the turquoise water of Lake Tahoe, rumored to live in the sacred area beneath East Shore's Cave Rock. That was the cave I was thinking of. Yes, so now we're bringing it back in. Cave Rock. I don't know how I didn't remember that. <laughs> the indigenous people held the large creature at such high regard that even speaking of the animal is considered unthinkable, as it was rumored to be the cause of blinding or death. Gnarly. And that's when we get into... Maybe he's not so cuddly. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I, I imagine the him being or her, whatever, Tessie, right. being friendly was definitely marketing for Lake Tahoe. I think so, too. Yeah. As, like, a commercial entity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, with that said, um, you know, d- 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 I won't jump out of this, but I do have something that kind of follows that. But, yeah, I mean, even, okay. even like, praised basically by shamans, you know, as a means yeah. to, like, you know, bring upon, like, blinding or death and things like that like yeah it, it was it was a thing that was kind of like a hush hush he he who shall not be named right like lord voldemort i was gonna say he was the voldemort of, fucking, of these tribes of, of lake monsters <laughs> the voldemort of like yeah exactly yeah for sure and that's the tagline for the episode right there. there we go um no like i love this is my favorite thing of doing this show. It's my favorite part is like learning the indigenous legends. Yeah, for sure. About these creatures. Because I this is not a hot take. I think we all recognize this, but like they so many of these tribes had it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they had like the approach to life right. That like something like this would be sacred. That would be this like, like this symbol of of human beings' relationship to the nature around them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I love that. It just it reminds me of like the way you know native cultures talk about like Bigfoot and Sasquatch, and like it's not just you know a bipedal ape in the forest. It's like, yeah, of course, this is like. This is a representation of nature. But I mean, it, like, think of it like yeah. it literally puts things into perspective, though. Yes. Like, literally, I mean, you know, thinking, judging, first of all, on the origin and how old this this thing is, first of all. But also yeah. kind of puts, you know, puts everything else into perspective, like what is once actually seen as versus now it's this cuddly creature that. You know, gift shop stuffed animal. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, that's just like, that's late stage capitalism for you, right? Take everything sacred and lovely in every beautiful part of the world and see how much money you can make off of it. (laughs) Isn't that what you're supposed to do? I fucking guess. Um, But anyhow... Um, I want to get into some of the encounters. Uh, there's obviously yeah, been yeah, a lot I'd of other to. encounters. Um, yeah. One of the actual... Uh, so, um, yeah, so there was actually back in... I want to say it was after the 70s. Uh, I don't remember the exact the exact date. I don't have, a, I don't have it documented down here. Um, there was a fit... Uh, let's see, a fisherman 
that witnessed a 15-foot-long 15, 15 serpent swimming beneath his boat that literally kept up with his boat as he was going, like, around 60 miles an hour out of this open lake, which, first of all, is a m- so fucking fast to be going on a lake. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> if you're going to go that fast insane. on a lake, it better be Lake Tahoe. Yeah. But, but this thing, this serpent-like 15-foot-long thing swimming beneath his boat was keeping up with him, like, the entire way. Um, There was also... Uh, Mickey Daniels was a well-known owner of a fishing boat called the Big Mac 2. Um, he and along with his, his crew... <laughs> right. So he, <laughs> along with his crew, actually witnessed a big-ass creature creating a wake the size of a boat, basically similar to his boat, coming off this creature that was swimming next to it. That's crazy. Like, was it out of the water? Or it was they just like say up against the surface enough. Yeah, I think it was just up okay. against the surface enough that you could see this wake being created as this thing was swimming fast. Right. Um, another Tahoe. That's creepy. It's super creepy. Yeah. Um, but another Tahoe local and uh, a business owner, Mike Conway. This is what we're getting back into commercializing this thing, right? So yeah. he witnessed the Tahoe Tessier Tahoe monster swimming in the mid 80s. While he was doing a TV commercial. And it became this big thing that was talked about all over this, whatever. Um, And then in 2004, there was a global conference that was held in Lake Tahoe that discussed USOs, or unidentified swimming or submerged objects. Um, And they discussed, like, basically previous eyewitness accounts and discussed other USOs at that point. And that's when, like, it really started to become, like, really big in the media. And, I mean, because, again, you know, the 70s were kind of, like, the high point of, like, a lot of the witnesses and stuff like that. We didn't have a lot of, like, accounts previously other than, like, these native accounts and things like that. Right. So, can we get into this real quick? What do you... Is Tessie a USO? Um, you know... You think this is otherworldly? I don't know if it's other see that's the thing. That's that's like I would like to think I mean I, I first of all I'd like to think it's like from the Jurassic period and it's like hung on, you know, like that would be awesome. Similar to the plesiosaur like we've talked about. But at the same yeah. time, I would also kinda like to go the USO route. Uh just because I love the concept of it. But again I mean, here's a bigger question is is a you i mean obviously technically this is an unidentified submerged object right but like is a uso to you extraterrestrial that's the thing that's what i was about to say so how did it get here you know that's that 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 argument at that point is it extraterrestrial is it something that's adapted and just built over again with the creation of things you know, how right. things like slowly develop and just like in times where there were dinosaurs and things like that, whether it be Jurassic, you know, Cretaceous, whatever periods, like all yeah. these things develop from somewhere and they develop by, you know, just evolution through evolution. Right. But yeah, you're yeah. going from nothing to something. Yeah. And so who's to say that it's not that case, but at the same time, otherworldly, I do love that idea too. And 
you know, when we get into Hollow Earth theory, who's to say out of this this area within you know Earth within the Earth isn't otherworldly at that point? Yeah, I mean, so that's you know that's fair, and this could literally come from that. So it, it's, it's like really hard to say to, something to me, for me at least. I mean, USOs I find interesting because maybe they're extraterrestrial. Maybe they're from, like, breakaway civilizations. Yeah, true. Like, in Hollow Earth, maybe. Or, you know. But, like, has anyone ever seen Tessie, like, take the fuck off? Like, come up out of the water and keep going? (laughs) Yeah. No. I mean, because a lot of these USO sightings are... They become UFO sightings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're seen coming out of the water and into the sky. A lot of, or the opposite. A lot of the descriptions say like it happens most frequently in June, kind of randomly dispersed throughout the summer on even numbered years. Okay. Which is a little odd to me. Like I didn't throw that in just because I felt it was like not necessary, necessary at that point. But that's not like, that's not all the cases. It's oddly, um, like, systematic. Right, yeah. For something biological. Quite specific (laughs) at that point, yeah. But, again, a lot of these weren't specifically within that time period or that time frame. So, you know, this is just... just a thing people say. Right. So, you know, take it as you will. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it, honestly, it's, it's really hard for me to kind of put it as a specific thing. Um, like I think I think USO is probably the most, I guess, a- easiest thing to put it as. Just because, I mean, probably because it's the most broad, right? Exactly. We don't know shit about it, right? Yeah. So that's that's probably that's that's more of where my mind kind of goes. But right. Yeah, because labeling it a USO is literally just saying it's unidentified. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> which I think we can all agree on. <laughs> I think so too. But I would like to think it's otherworldly, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So extraterrestrial, to an extent, and that's okay. if we also go off of Hollow Earth. Sure. And okay. think of it coming from it's another world, essentially. So something from another realm, somewhere yeah. that isn't the world we know. To an extent. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'd say that's just as likely as any of the other theories I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, again, it's hard to really pinpoint, you know, the pinpoint it to a, to a T. Like, we have no degree of its origin we know yep. as far back, I mean, because like these indigenous, like native tribes and things like that were many, many, many years ago. So, you know, that, and then we see like a high point of, you know, like there's basically like a lull in reports, but also these were so long ago that they're not documented. Right? So, yeah. But now, one other thing, just to kind of get into just talking about what Tessie is or could be. Some believe that this Lake Tahoe monster is basically just an oversized sturgeon. Yes. All right. So I did my homework on this. Okay. 
mm-hmm. looking at the largest sturgeons ever caught. And they're fucking big. There's been some pretty big ones. But the yeah. largest one was like 11 to 12 or 13 feet. Yeah. Like 1,000, 1,500 pounds or something like that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Pretty fucking big. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But not as big as Tessie has been documented to be seen as. Also, I, their swimming patterns are different than Tessie's as well. Okay. Again, being a fish, they go from side to side, right? Instead of up and down. And, uh, right. Tessie's up and down as it goes. Just like the Loch Ness Monster. Okay. Right. Sure. Um, the other thing is they also think it's a very, you know, it could be an undiscovered species of freshwater eel. Okay. That's a pretty big fucking eel. I kind of like that though. That I hmm. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I mean that's still I mean that's still technically cryptozoological. Right. Yeah, for right? sure. That's how badass would it be to discover and classify like a giant eel? Right. A giant freshwater Freshwater eel. at that, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a stretch. I'm, Definitely not a stretch. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, and I, I watched some. I watched some. Uh, some people that did some tests, and I think they're still running them to this day. Uh, basically, where they send like almost this, like missile-looking thing that has basically like GoPro cameras and like some LED lights and all this other shit. Literally send it to the bottom of the lake and pull it back, and they just you know see what they see. And there's been reports they've the seen footage. some strange things fly past it, or sorry, swim past it. Um, sure. And they and that's where even the bull the bull shark came from. They saw one thing that looked okay. like a giant shark. <laughs> okay. Like literally this giant shark that they're like, well, it's probably just eh, maybe an oversized lake trout. They get pretty yeah. fucking big in this lake too. But there's also been some strange things that they've caught too. That they're like, what the fuck is that? Like, you can't see it through all, like, the soot and everything. But you see it, like, swim past, and it's huge. I love that. So, you know, like... That shit freaks me out so much, and I love it. (laughs) Like, the deep water creatures. Yeah. That's, like... It's not talked about enough. Well, that's, again, getting into that kind of, like, abyssal zone. Just like in the ocean, we've never gotten to explore below the abyssal zone of the and there's so much more ocean than we've explored yeah so many more different types of creatures i mean like think of anglerfish anglerfish are the first thing to come to mind because they're so fucking weird and literally have like a light like you know like so think of like things like a million times that that we've never discovered i mean the anglerfish is perfect example because it was technically a cryptid until it was discovered and classified. Right, exactly. Like, and there's so many left to be classified. And that's just like the bottom of Lake Tahoe. With the pressure and yeah. everything, the depth and all of it, we're never, like, I mean, it's going to take, uh, yeah, I mean, Jacques Cousteau reportedly, su- supposedly, took as many submarine yeah. and was able to make it to the bottom and saw horrifying things that the world wasn't ready to see. So, or he saw the entrance to Hollow Earth. Or that. Exactly. And was like, the world's not ready for this. Yes. 
I agree. Yeah. Or that. Yep. So it's it's hard to it's hard to say. I mean, again, there's a lot of a lot of strange things that come off of this, but it's awesome. <laughs> Super awesome. I dig it. I, I love like the direction of this. It, it's different than you know all the things that we've been doing and you know just kind of been thinking about as a whole rather. Um, yeah, you know. I honestly was not expecting to enjoy this episode as much as I have. Good, good. I'm glad. Like, I was having a little bit of trouble getting psyched about a lake monster because <laughs> every one of them that I see, I'm like, they're all the same. They, they like, who gives a they shit? really are. There's there's a ton of distant cousins, quote unquote, to like Nessie, Nessie. and I mean Nessie's like the main yeah. thing that I, people know. You think Lo- you say Loch Ness monster, everybody's gonna be like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. At least, at least right. heard of it. Because if like your great aunt asks you at fucking Thanksgiving, what's a cryptid? You're like, you know, Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot, right? Exactly. That's yep. everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like so many of the lake monsters are full bullshit. I agree because it's just like, well, we have a lake and our gift shop's looking a little sparse. Might so let's as well come up throw some form of like, you know, like twist to it. it there is something that like gives it an edge, right? You know. Yeah. So But this isn't. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many reports. There's thousands of reports. For me, it's the native. The natives, right? Tradition. That's, that's the big one. That's that's the big that's one. what does it for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, that's what keeps it from being full bullshit. I agree. I agree. And that's, that's one thing I, yeah, to not dismiss is that they literally saw this as a sacred thing, you know? So, yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing to me holds more weight than like the opinion on fauna or flora by a people that are so close to nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also how old these reports are too. Exactly. I mean, these are very, very, very old you know, reports yeah. and, and documents of, of, of these people. So yeah, I think it gives yeah. it a lot more credence in this case for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know. So are you, um, are you stuck on USO? See, I'm yeah. At this point I'm, I'm still, I'm on the fence. I think, I think it's probably more USO. Um, because okay, I'm going to make you, I'm going to force you to be a little more specific. All right. Hollow Earth USO or extraterrestrial Hollow Earth, for sure. That's where my mind goes at this point. It's where my mind goes. And, like, thinking of these underwater caverns and especially this cave rock area that they tried to explore and couldn't for the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Because it also goes and descends into this depth that we can't get to. I don't even think Jacques Cousteau could. If he discovered yeah. some, some like you know, some opening into this hollow earth, or if he discovered the hundreds of dead bodies at the bottom, because this was back in the seventies, right? Yeah. So he might have just discovered this underwater graveyard and was like, "Yeah, people aren't ready for this," like you know, or right. might have just seen this giant ass monster and is like, "Yeah, fuck it," like you know, like who's to say? But with with this lake being so deep it being a lake mind you and i i, I want to continue to stress that yeah there are some larger ones as we've talked about i think those have the same type of thing you know they're right. going to have at least similar types of types of things you could expect so yeah 
but yeah, I yeah. I mean I I definitely sway in the direction of definitely, like I said, USO. But uh, when it you know when putting it together, I think it's more Hollow Earth. Okay. I'm. I really like this idea. I'm like, I love the Hollow Earth thing, but I'm solidly in the camp of unclassified freshwater eel. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's that's also another pretty cool explanation. But yeah. at the same time, it also like it's not as fun. You know, did, as maybe this, these like, things are as fun as Hollow Earth. This I mean, for fuck's sake, ancient dinosaur that happened to like swim its way out of you know this area. So, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I love I love the idea of it being an unclassified animal because like. How awesome would it be? I don't know. Just to like be the person, the first person who gets to like, who really like pulls a specimen and like. I was gonna say the only way they're gonna be able to do it is by capturing it, and that's the bad part, you know. Like, why not just let everyone's imaginations run? Leave it. Leave it. Leave it be. I don't know. I I think it'd be super cool to figure out what it is, but then you take away from it. You know, that's true. Unless I mean, you like check it out and let it go, like, but who's to say it's not gonna go back where it came from? I mean, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, they would definitely catch and release it. I doubt that they would release it. They one hundred percent would release it. You think so? I promise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, because if it's if it's some super rare, like it would immediately go onto the endangered species list. Yeah. It would be immediately protected and they would do everything they could to release it back Unless into its, it's in habitat. some like strange government p- facility and then they're like you know literally setting up shop to go and figure out where it came from. Sure. And they keep it in like a big ass aquarium just to study it. There's that too. They'd probably tag it and then follow it. Or that. Yeah. I mean, it would, yeah. at least tagging wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't think I don't think they'd put it back. I don't know. I just I really like I really like that idea. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. it's a cool concept for sure. I agree. Yeah. Um, not exactly so where, where I go, but yeah, I, I think less it's exciting. One. Less exciting than Hollow Earth for sure. Yeah, but most things are. I, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that uh, that wraps up episode 24, the Lake Tahoe Monster. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook at campfire T-O-T-S-A-U on Twitter. And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. 
You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.